everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and this is episode 71 of the RV Miles podcast. You can get today's show notes over at rvmiles.com slash podcast. And RV Miles is on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you didn't know it by now, you will soon. But Jason, Ethan, Henry, and I, along with Jack, are over at ourwanderingfamily.com. And we are also on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. On today's episode, we're going to talk about birding. We are. I'm very excited, actually. Our good friend, Michelle Reyes, who we met on the road, sat down with Abby for a a Skype interview. I am no Barbara Walters. (laughs) Let's just get that out there right now. And Michelle is like a super expert on finding birds in the wild. She's the bird whisperer. (laughs) I knew that Michelle was very knowledgeable and really enjoyed birding. I did not realize how much she knew until I read her article and then my mind was slightly blown and I thought, where can I get a pair of binoculars? (laughs) Clearly I am missing out on something incredibly cool. It's an incredible hobby for being out in the outdoors and going to new areas and new places. It perfectly complements the travel lifestyle. It really does. And there are all kinds of different birds hiding in places that you're not seeing wherever you go. I This is the first time I have done an interview on the show. And I was very nervous, very nervous. Like my palms were sweating and Michelle is a friend. Like it was just me calling up a friend. But I really, I, I don't know if that's really my niche here on RV Miles, just so you know. <laughs> so everybody get excited. This is how much anxiety I have about it. I can't even wait for us to get into the segment before I go ahead and just lay out. Like, I want no one to have any expectations. I just need need to get it out there. It's really good. It's a lot. Michelle's Michelle's great. Awesome information. And she's part of a new series that we're going to be doing that we're going to talk about a little bit later, too. So that's our other kind of topic today. We're going to talk about some changes coming to RV Miles. The state of RV Miles in 2019. Look for, yeah, coming up next year. From us. So we're excited to talk to you about that. We've got a whole bunch of news and uh, the answer to last week's brain teaser and a whole lot more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. It sure is. And this year, L.L. Bean has been joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place in an amazing system of more than 400 national parks including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores, and seashores that dot the American landscape, many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. And if you're up by Voyagers right now, they're frozen over up there. Go grab your snowshoes, your ice skates, snowmobile. Whatever people who enjoy snow, which is not me, do in the winter, now's the time. We are we are coming to you this week from Kansas City again, and we will be here throughout December. And it is getting colder here. There's a little bit of snow on the ground. It's here miserable well. here. Okay, it's I mean, cold. yeah, it's I haven't pretty left cold. the house today. So okay, I went out for a run, which is the first time I've done that since we got here, and I really had to will myself. Thankfully. I had a new Bachelor podcast I was able to listen to that was really oh able. <laughs> you guys don't want full disclosure. Yeah, I have no shame. I have no shame. She in listens to like three <laughs> podcasts about the TV show The Bachelor. I do slash The Bachelorette. I do. I have no shame in this, and I will gladly proclaim it to the world. It is my one very guilty pleasure. And it gets me out there, gets me running. It, I don't have to think about anything. I just listen to him talk about things that are so trivial. And I get my run in and I come back in and then I have to come back in and I have to get back into real life. I have to I have to work. I have to be a mother. I have to be a wife and I have to be a human being. But not when I'm out running, listening to The Bachelorette. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the news. I have week. so much to talk about that has nothing to do with this podcast today, apparently. No. First of all, you know, the famous... 
uh, the jammers, the little red jammer buses that they have in Glacier National Park. They're like 80 years old. Now, there's a, there's a character of one of them on uh, planes? planes, Fire and Rescue. Oh, which really? Which is my favorite of, yes. of the Pixar movies because it's about national parks. Anyway, the, the old red, little red open top jammer buses, they are outfitting them all with hybrid engines right now. These are 80-year-old vehicles That's that they're putting cool. hybrid engines in. So going over the, you know, the going to the sun road, they're going to be much quieter. And uh, uh, they were quite loud for the passengers who, who you there know, was would no, go and take some of the tours there. There's no tranquility to be found if you're <laughs> no, in the jammer. No, but now they'll be nice and quiet. You want to, They'll be just like, just like all those hybrids that roll up to me on an intersection and I get surprised. <laughs> Whoa, who are you? I love that... They are keeping the jammers like they're they're honoring sort of this iconic automobile that has been a part of Glacier for so long. And rather than just scrapping it and bringing in all new hybrid vehicles, they're just they're giving it new life and they're keeping that piece of the park still a part of the park. I think that's really neat. Yeah. And there these there are 33 of them. And, you know, they say the battery system is going to get a lot of charge because, you know, the hybrid vehicles charge while they're braking that's that regenerative braking so going down logan pass and those downhill runs they're going to build up a lot of charge and they say it's, it's a really great engine for this type of thing so i thought that was interesting uh the next thing you mentioned voyagers national park a minute ago the next piece of news is actually from voyagers uh there is a a man named tom gable he was a P- phd student in wildlife biology at the University of Minnesota, and he's studying wolves at Voyagers National Park. And some of the wolves, they have tracking devices on, right? So he's following a tracking device signal. And he came across a massive jack pine tree. And uh, I don't know if you know jack pine, they're kind of scraggly pine trees, and that's kind of what they're famous for a lot of up in that in that part of the country. And we love it up there. He he thought the minute he saw it, he pulled out his cell phone and looked up what the world record biggest jack pine tree was because he thought this one had a good chance. Well, sure enough, they actually did real measurements of it and they found out that this jack pine tree that they found in the middle of Voyagers National Park is the the world's largest that's the the largest known jack pine tree at seventy three feet tall with a trunk nearly seven feet around. That park has been a park for, I think, over 50 years. If I remember yeah. right, it became a park like in the 60s, right? Yeah. The fact that this is just now being found blows my mind. It's It just kind of, I think, gives gives weight to how massive some of these parks are and how wild they're allowed to be. And it just so happened that a wolf that had a tracking device led this guy here. He never would have gone there on his own. That's the thing. I, I, I often think about that. Like when we're going somewhere, I often think, has somebody stepped on this piece of land before? Could I be the first person to touch this rock? Most likely if you're on a trail, well, you're not the no, first person. <laughs> most likely. But, you know, some of the more remote parks, some yeah. of the ones that people don't go to a lot, some of the ones that you're like, if you go to White Sands, you know that almost every step you take is a new step. Is a new step that yeah. nobody's taken before because it blows over every night. It's one of my favorite things about White Sands. I mean, what is the statistic? I'm I don't remember it perfectly, but isn't it something like ninety five percent of people never leave within like the roadway of a national park. Yeah, they well, they say I I can't remember the number, but it it's most people, it's a vast majority, over 90% don't ever go further than 100 feet uh, away from a roadway. Yeah. when they visit a national park. So once you get out further, especially into the back country, yeah. there are still discoveries to be made, and that's amazing. And this guy made one which is great. Yeah. Finally, in a little piece of holiday news, a a homeowner in New Jersey named uh, Steve Harbaugh has decorated his home to look just like the home from Christmas Vacation. 50,000 twinkling lights. Really? I don't know if there are exactly 50,000 lights. Well, that's lights, how many Clark Griswold put on his house. It sure 
looks like. Well, okay. And the little lights no. weren't twinkling so according says, to art. This, so. <laughs> this says there are 7,500 bulbs and 300 strands of lights. But it looks like, I mean, he's covered every inch of the house, sort of like Clark Griswold did. Uh, but the thing that makes this, and you know, obviously that that movie is is sort of close to home for a lot of RVers because you've got cousin, cousin Eddie, Eddie and and his rolling up in his RV. So this guy has not only recreated the look of the lighting on the house, he's he's also got an RV out front with like a dummy mannequin there in his bathrobe. Put in his bathrobe, putting Excellent. the sewer hose oh, into the no. drain. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's so classic it's that, great i mean and it's a, like it's like a it's like a classic winnebago he's got yeah. parked out there and he's got there's like a uh an extension ladder going up to the roof with a, a dummy clark hanging off of it if we had the time i could talk for hours about this movie this is my family's jam every thanksgiving <laughs> eve this is how we would kick off our christmas season as we would watch national lampoon's christmas vacation so to hear that someone has recreated it. I'm surprised my dad has never done it. Yeah. It so, totally seems like something my dad would do. But, you know, we have like our Wally World um, eggnog cups up in the cupboard. Got to get those out. I think we have Clark on the tree this year. Yep. So this guy, he takes donations of toys at the house. And he actually fills the RV with the toys that he then he then gives away. Oh, that yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. That is really wonderful. I hope that when he turns the lights on for the first time that he sings joy to the world <laughs> and makes his spouse do a drum roll and that i hope that it draws so much power that the whole neighborhood just, he's even got the, the like the pile of mangled uh reindeer and santa oh, on so, like oh on the ground. <laughs> when he gets really mad and he goes around and he starts <laughs> kicking it it's so good it's just I, it's so yeah. good so that's the big news of the week. We also want to mention, as we do every week, a little bit of RV Miles news. The America's National Parks podcast next episode is out. This one is on Pearl Harbor. This year's the 77th anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attack. Actually, would have been Friday, the day before this episode was released. And it's it's kind of a bittersweet year for that because this is the first year that no survivors of the USS Arizona will be able to make it. So we really enjoyed putting that together and felt really honored to be able to put an episode together uh, based around their memory. Absolutely. We also have on Sunday nights RV chat, which has just become one of our favorite events on the weekends. And this Sunday, we are talking about living tiny. And basically, we're just going to be looking at or discussing how you live tiny. If you're full time, did you downsize? Did you sell everything? If you head out on the weekends, what do you decide to take? What do you decide not to take? Essentially, whatever living tiny means for you when you are out in an RV. So RV chat is every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central on Twitter. You just follow the hashtag RV chat and you can join along. If you've never done it before, you can just hop on Twitter type in the search bar, hashtag RV chat, and just follow along and, and just watch the first time, maybe, maybe answer a few questions uh, or reply to a few people before you get the hang of it. I was so, I was so overwhelmed the first time I did a Twitter chat. They can be overwhelming until you get the hang of it. Yeah. I, I feel that the first maybe like month of trying to do Twitter chats, I (laughs) would sit there and I, I, I couldn't keep up. Well, the thing you have to realize is you don't have to keep up. Yeah. And once I let that, yeah, you once I let the perfectionism and, in yeah. me go and yeah. be like, okay, I'm not going to be able to answer everything and I'm not going to be able to like everything, then it became much more enjoyable. And so on Sunday nights, Jason is there. He is tweeting under his personal handle, which will be Jay Epperson one. And then as long as nothing is going on with the kids, I try to jump in as well under the Our Wandering Family Twitter handle. And it's just a lot of fun. We've gotten to know people that we didn't know prior to this and hear their stories. And it's just a really great little community that's building over there on Sunday nights. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, having kids on the road. We had an interesting listener question. So we'll be right back. Be right back.
we are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser sponsored by Thrive Market. On a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone, Thrive Market offers thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at up to 30% below retail prices. Foods for specialty diets can be hard to find when traveling, so for your next camping trip, skip the store and get all your gluten-free, paleo, and non-GMO products delivered to your home just before you hitch up. And because Thrive Market wants to make healthy living a part of your outdoor lifestyle, RV Miles listeners can save 25% off the already marked down prices, along with a 30-day free trial. To get started, head over to thrivemarket.com slash rvmiles or check out the link in our show notes. That's thrivemarket.com slash rvmiles to get 25% off plus a free 30-day trial to start your journey towards a healthier life at home or on the road. We just got another Thrive package in the mail. and Mom got one. They they package everything so well. I think there isn't, if you get like glass bottles and stuff, there's no chance it's going to break. Not breaking. And even if it did, like it's always in a plastic bag that if a, if a, a, an individual bottle broke or a can exploded because of air pressure or something, it's not going to ruin the rest of it. And that was always a complaint I had. We did a few and I'm not going to name names, but when we were in our sticks and bricks, we used to do um, meal services. Like we yeah. used to have them come to the house like once a week. And I could almost guarantee that if there was yogurt in one of the recipes, yeah, it was going to be exploded on all of our stuff. And sure enough, it always was. That didn't last very long for us. Yeah. We weren't a fan of those. Weren't a fan. Yeah. All right. Last week's brain teaser. It went like this. When you need me, you throw me away. But when you're done with me, you bring me back. What am I? Well, we all know what I thought it was, but that's not at all what it was. <laughs> I suppose there might be a few different answers Maybe you can go with here. But the one we were looking for was an anchor. You need an anchor. You throw it away. You throw it out to stop the boat. And based on the number of replies we got, that seems yeah. to be what everyone else was thinking yeah. too. So I think you'd really have to be trying to think outside the box yeah. to come up with something that wasn't an anchor, you know, like a tie rod, <laughs> like I did last week, because that's where my mind was. All right. The winner this week is Lisa Martinson from Indiana, who will be receiving a Not All Who Won Our Lost t-shirt, and you'll have a chance to win yours with the new brain teaser at the end of the show. Our neighbor, Indiana. Where we built our home. All right. Question of the week. This question comes from Ruth from our RV Miles Facebook group. And I hope you'll join the RV Miles Facebook group because we really are having a good time talking to our listeners and having them talk to each other and learning new things from each other. Uh, and like I said last week, it's it's not a big group. It's a small active group of, of RVers that are talking about the lifestyle and you don't get hundreds of responses to every question. No, yes, maybe. <laughs> you should check the search engine. See if you can search that People up. People who didn't read the previous comments right. and all that. So Which and that's all fine and dandy as yeah. well. No one day no we'll have fifty thousand people in that no group. No shade to those other groups. Know. So it's so you know, we enjoy don't. it while it lasts. It's very nice. I have learned so much from people in the Facebook group. And yeah. I really appreciate that. I probably do a whole lot more listening than I do talking in the group. And I really appreciate that. And every now and then we grab a question and throw it up on the show. So Ruth asked us, uh, she said she just got up, caught up on the podcast that she was behind on. And she had a question about the kids. When they make friends at a campground, do they then keep in touch with them somehow? I was wondering because if a kid grows up in a neighborhood, they have best friends that they've known forever. So I was wondering if your kids had that opportunity, even though it's long distance. Uh, the guest speaker was very interesting. She's talking about uh, Jill Dinkins from full-time families. I'm ready to retire, so I don't have kids, but I think it sounds like a great organization. And it is. Uh, and I guess to start off, full-time families is one of the ways that we we do keep in touch with, uh, with kids. And we're going to get more involved in that. We haven't. Yeah, we've been kind of on lot. the outskirts yeah. of it, just kind of skirting around. Our schedule hasn't really allowed us to dive in, but I'm looking forward in 2019 to being more a part of that organization, especially for the boys. But I would have to say there are certainly a couple of ways that if it does seem like the kids have met some friends that they would really like to keep in touch with, um, 
Messenger, which is sort of the email service attached to Facebook, right? They now have something called Kids Messenger, which is a platform designed especially for children. It has to be facilitated by the child's parent. But this has become one of the ways that our kids can keep in touch with their friends. And I love it. I love it because it's safe. I love it because I can be a part of it. It can be on our phones. It can be on the app. At this point, you know, all kids' parents have Facebook. All kids' parents are on social media. This then allows us to connect that way. So Kids Messenger is one of the bigger platforms. Our kids certainly write letters. They FaceTime. They Skype. When we left Chicago, and Jason, jump in if I'm missing something, but when we left Chicago, you know, the kids had a really solid core group of friends there. And I think that that was probably the hardest thing for us to reconcile. Yeah, but you know, many of those friends that they had don't live there anymore. No, they Some don't. Some of their they close have... friends have moved to Wisconsin and, and to the Carolinas. And so they're, they're still would have been figuring out ways to keep in touch. Absolutely. With them. And so what we try to do is use our travels to go to those places. We yeah. are long overdue to a trip to the Carolinas, but we do make it a point to foster those relationships in many different ways. Yeah. And we, we also make a point to get back to Chicago every yeah. now and then so they can see kids, but we've met kids on the road uh, that we've met up with those that family again in another location. Yep. And and uh, Michelle Reyes, who's on the, the podcast today, is a perfect example. We've uh, we've met that family uh, at one location and met up again with them elsewhere. We can go because we have the freedom to go to those friends that have moved away, or to try and meet up with those people that we want to continue to foster those relationships with, but. Our kids, I feel, continue to stay just as socially active as when we were in the sticks and bricks. But another point I want to make towards that, too, is that we came from living in a very urban environment. We lived in Chicago. There was no going outside and playing with your friends down the block. There was no. Yeah, there were no neighborhood kids for our kids before we got on the road. We had a very solid homeschool community, but that homeschool community wasn't just my friends down the street. It was spread out all over the city of Chicago. Organized play dates and and that sort of stuff. And so we were accustomed, I think, to not just sending our kids outside and being like, go play with the neighbor kids, because that's not really for the most part in various pockets of Chicago, that might be different. But for the most part, you know, we lived in condos everywhere and, you know, there was no, you know, rows of houses and everybody sends their kids outside to play. We, you just didn't yeah. do that. So. So now we roll into campgrounds and there's often other kids looking for other kids to play and with. And we send them outside to play. It's the complete opposite exactly. of what they and, had. And the kids are very good at making friends very quickly because of it, I think. Well, yeah, because they want to. They They yeah. crave that, you know interaction. And so they go out and they make it happen for themselves. And I like that, you know, so it's a great question. And I think it's one that is often thought about by people when they consider a life on the road. I'm telling you, your kids are going to be fine. All right. So we wanted to talk a little bit uh, here today about some of the changes coming in the future here for RV Miles. And if you're really happy about what we're doing, don't worry, we're not, we're not changing anything too drastically. And we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, if you hate it, let us know. We'll, <laughs> no, we'll, don't. <laughs> or, or don't. My brain will explode. Uh, but uh, so we, we're going to get into a little bit of that. But first, this segment is sponsored by Go Sun. When you're out camping in the wild, miles from the nearest propane or electrical hookup, every bit of energy and fuel matters. With Go Sun solar cookers, you can cook full hot meals without propane, without electricity, without wood. Go Sun Cookers trap the sun's rays to steam, bake, roast, and boil, even when it's cloudy, using special reflectors to grab the available heat and trap it in a borosilicate glass tube where the food cooks at up to 550 degrees. Three different models offer the perfect combination 
of portability and cooking capacity. Visit gosun.co, that's .co, and use the code RVMILES for 15% off all GoSun's solar cookers. Support this small, Cincinnati-based company looking to change the way the world cooks with free energy and no harmful smoke or emissions. That's gosun.co and use the code RVMILES for 15% off. I can't wait to get this thing out boondocking. I know. It's just going to completely change the way we eat out on the road. Yeah. I mean, so you know, excited. I get the feeling that it's not for like, you know, it, it's I'm for not making Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mean, it's for lazy days. You don't want to plan. You know, you're just hanging out. You just put something in there. You let it cook. It's and, for letting you, you cook. It. You know, it's for the slow <laughs> lifestyle. We need more yeah. slow lifestyle yeah. days in our lives. That is a huge goal of mine in 2019 is we need to slow down mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I no, don't have much left in me. Mm-hmm. I need a- <laughs> no more telling me we're going to be going to this place and then this place and then this place. And then that's, we got to get back to here for a wedding. That's not even mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. No, I'm that's just, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just, I love everything we do and I feel so grateful and thankful that we can do it, but we do. There's not enough hours in my day and I need there to be enough hours so I can stop feeling stressed, which is, I think, a nice segue right into RV Miles in 2019 and what we're going to be up to. Yeah. So I guess the first thing uh, and we, we kind of hinted at this, talked about it a little bit uh, a, a week or two ago, we're we're starting to bring on some more contributors uh, to to both the website and then we're going to bring those people on the podcast and Michelle is sort of kicking that off for us. And we've got a couple more coming up soon. And what we're doing is having people who are either full-time travelers or people that just travel heavily, um, you know, people that are really experienced RVers or even not experienced. No, I don't think you have to be anything. I think you can be anyone. And I think that you just have to have something interesting to say. Yeah. Or something you want to talk about. I, think and where you're going with this is because what we want this to become is community. Yeah. That's really at the heart of what Jason and I have always desired for this podcast, for the RV miles website is that it is a place for community. It's not Jason and I, Jason and I are not RV miles. We're just two people who happen to oversee it. RV miles is you guys. Yeah. And it's starting to become Jason and Abby. And I think that's what we're, being careful about making sure that it doesn't right. become that because we do want it to be this place where people can come together and talk about RVing, talk about traveling. Because I wouldn't be able to sit down and do this today if it hadn't been for everything that I have been blessed to learn from others who are yeah. also out there doing it. I didn't wake up one day and know how to go out full time on the road. I I had I had to yeah. seek out others who had already been there before me. And it so it's that whole it takes a village kind of vibe. Right. Which is really what we want to do with RV Miles. Exactly. It takes a village. So, first of all, we've got we've got Michelle today and we've got your interview with her and a great article from Michelle uh that is going to be the sort of kickoff of our Road Warriors column on the website. And you can check that out. And that's going to give you all of the information that she's going to talk about in a little bit about birding. So don't worry about writing it down. She's going to tell you all the resources you need and all the things you need to know. She in broke it down. Really so, well written article. Yeah. Yeah. It's so well organized in the article that I just want to be like her when I grow up. I'm just not a very organized person. I desire to be, but I'm just not. Yeah. But Michelle is, and I can take a page out of her book every once in a while. We also have a another article coming up from our friend Mandy talking about uh, the expenses living on on the road, particularly food expenses, and and how they shot up for her I unexpectedly. Love, I love how real she is. Yeah. She's like, listen, it's not cheaper. It's actually more expensive. <laughs> And I just think that that is another glimpse into the reality of being out on the road, because a lot of times we always get these questions like, oh, your expenses must have just been cut in half or, you know, and yes, in some areas, our expenses went way down, but in some other areas, our expenses went way up. 
And so it's a balancing act. You are still budgeting for yourself within your means every month. Living out on the road does not mean you are flush with cash. And I love how Mandy just lays that all out there in her article. We also have a great blog post coming up, like a, a sort of long farm travel journal from Mark, who is a listener. And uh, and we talked through the Facebook group about the 61 highway, which is known as the blues highway, the Delta blues and talking about all the different places that you can visit along that historic route, you know, down from new Orleans uh, and, and up North from there. So really excited to get all that content out for you to see. And we've got a whole lot more coming, but really we want you to be involved. So if you're, if you have something that you have an expertise in, or you just did something interesting, or there's just something you're pondering that you want to talk about, let us know. We'd, we'd really be happy to host you. Even if you have your own blog already, we'll be happy to promote your blog for you and get, you know, get you some views over there, that sort of stuff. And we will be happy to have you on the show. So email us at editor at rvmiles.com if you're interested in, in getting involved with that in any way. Um, we're also going to be moving over the coming weeks our our wandering family blog uh, over to the RV Miles website to sort of contain everything all in one place. Just smash it all together. So that it again, we want to be part of our own community instead of having sort of all these separate little entities together. And that will help us sort of be a little bit more on top of that blog and and give you guys a better idea of what we're doing week to week in in writing form. Um, I think you're going to also see a lot of a lot more video content from us coming up. We can never really lock it down. We always say that. I'm just like, (laughs) we're going to do more videos. We really want to do video episodes of this podcast. We haven't really been able to figure that out. No, because today Abby is wearing sweatpants, sweatshirt, (laughs) and her hair is in a big giant bun because she's take a shower. Who cares? (laughs) I I mean, I guess. I guess I I shouldn't care. all over my sweatshirt. Boy, we're just not very glamorous people. And that's totally fine, too. We're just real people. I went out for a run and then I had to come back in and record the podcast. I'm just, you know, we're squeezing it all in before you then have to jump in the car and run to the theater tonight because you have to review a show for Performing. So there's always a lot going on. And he's like, I want to film the podcast. Yeah. And I look at him and I say, but we the amount of editing you will have to do because we're stopping and going constantly. The kids are always coming in here, interrupting. They have needs. Yeah, but it'll be the same amount of editing I have to do when I record an audio. I mean, you know. Yeah, I guess the thing is we can never, ever, ever, (laughs) ever go live and do it. Yeah. (laughs) Never. No. So I love the idea, again, that our wandering family is moving over. I think that will give us more incentive to do a little bit more writing there. I have been feeling really guilty about that website. And really, I just, you know, I'm just really excited to get to know people that are listening and get to know what it is about the RV life that you love. I can tell you what I love, but it's different for you. And I want to hear about it. We also want to have a lot more how-to content uh, coming out, we we just wrote a a winterizing article, a, a detailed how to on how to winterize your RV. And with that winterizing article, we also included for the first time a printable, um, a document that you could click on and print out and keep. And I really liked that idea. And I want to do a little bit more with these how tos, where you have this how to because often they're in these big long article forms, right? And you're sitting there scrolling through everything. But if you can get to the bottom of that and you can click on something that's one page, it's printable, you can have it. I think that that can be so helpful. I have found it helpful. And it's something that I would like to see us do more of if the community finds it useful. And, you know, some of the most popular pages on our website are, are about events coming up, particularly our RV show article that we update often about upcoming RV shows across the country. So I think we're going to have more uh, information about different events. That I'd happen. love to do one that's about rallies. Yeah. There are so many rallies that happen and in so many different pockets, so many niches. 
that I would really like to have a page where you can go and find out what events are happening around the country and search them by different types. Is it a schooly event? Maybe it's class B's or Airstreams or, or whatever, full-time families. I would love something like that. So we have a lot we want to do, but we do need your help. So if you are interested in getting, getting involved seriously, send us an email, send us a Facebook message, join the group, whatever, reach out to us. We'd love to have you involved. We'd be very grateful. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have Abby's interview with Michelle Reyes talking about birding. We will be right back. All right, we are back. And on this segment of the show, I did my first interview, first and quite possibly my last (laughs) with our friend, Michelle, who we've already, you know, pretty much introduced enough on this show, I think. Yeah. Uh, So who needs no introduction? We we did meet Michelle uh, on the road and uh, and her lovely family. And they have a great story. And she also has a blog that we'll link to in the show notes as well. But like I said before, we're going to have an article uh, on the site from Michelle explaining everything you're about to hear uh, in the in this interview. So let's just get right to it. But first, this segment is sponsored by our friends at National Indoor RV Centers. National Indoor RV Centers makes RV travel simple, fun, and hassle-free, offering convenient indoor storage with round-the-clock security and on-site maintenance and repair that can handle paint and body oil changes, brakes, tires, glass, upholstery, slide work, and generator work. They even accept factory and extended warranties. Valet service pull your RV in and out of storage. They check the tire pressure, charge, and check battery fluids. Fill your fresh water and cool your fridge down before departure. I will never get over that last feature. Yeah, that's awesome. It is so simple. And I think it just makes the world It takes of like difference. a day to cool your fridge down. It's fantastic. Yeah. They even have on-site propane and dump stations and their wash and detail crews can clean your RV inside and out. You can find National Indoor RV Centers in Atlanta, Dallas, and Phoenix, and now at their new Las Vegas facility where they are offering RV Miles listeners three free months with code RVMILES3. That's all one word. That's three free months at their new Las Vegas location with offer code RVMILES3. Space is extremely limited, and rightly so, because, I mean, who doesn't want to have their RV pulled in and out of a storage unit for them? So go visit VegasIndoorRVStorage.com. That's VegasIndoorRVStorage, all one word, dot com, to get started today. And we will link to this offer in the show notes. All right, without further ado, here is Abby's interview with Michelle Reyes. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We are so thrilled to have you and to talk a little bit about birding. Thank you. Happy to be on. First off, I just wanted to say that I think the first time I actually met you was you were coming back from a birding excursion. I think it was like dusk in the campground. We had met one another in a campground near Santa Fe. And I think our first interaction was you had actually been out birding and I had been out running and we kind of collided on the way back (laughs) and then decided to go explore Bandelier together. Um, But what I would love to know as I was reading your article is you talk about how it was an interaction with someone at a work camping at a wildlife refuge, right? Is how you got into this? Yes, it was. We were uh, work camping at uh, Desert National Wildlife Refuge in Las Vegas, which is a number one hotspot in Nevada for birds. And it's something that I had never really thought about too much about birds. But when I was seeing so many people coming into the refuge on a daily basis, looking for birds, I was kind of curious about what exactly the big draw was. And then one day 
woman who was about my age came into the refuge and she had a lot of questions and we ended up talking for about an hour. Long story short, I went birding with her. And, um, that first morning we saw, I think it was 22 or 21 species. And, um, that morning just changed my life. And it sounds a little bit dramatic to say, (laughs) but really it did. Because after that day, I started going out every day, walking the trails, looking for birds, taking pictures of them so I could come back and figure out what they were afterwards. And, um, I just found myself doing a lot more hiking. We were already hiking a lot, but now I enjoyed it that much more. Just really kind of finding a whole new passion for my life. What I love the most about your story is the fact that you talk about how it gave you an outlet for time for yourself. And that through birding, you were able to tap into maybe something that was kind of missing a little bit. And I'm wondering if for someone who is interested in getting started in something like this, was it a really detailed process for you to kind of enter into the world of birding? Or is this something that if someone is just curious and wants to kind of decide if it's for them, is there a sort of a beginner's step? Sure. So the easiest way to just jump in and try birding would be to find a local Audubon group and go on a bird walk. They often offer them many times a month and they usually have extra binoculars that you can use. So you can just show up, they can take you on a walk and they'll point out the birds that you see. They'll tell you a little bit about them. And it's a lot of information that you see at once, but having people explain them to you, it just makes things easier. And then they often have a scope, which will show you a lot more details of the bird. When they set that up, you can see the bird much closer and in more detail. That seemed to be something that really was eye-opening for you when you got sort of this up-close look at the birds for the first time. You were out and you saw some of the details and colors that you had never seen before. Is that something that if a person themselves wants to go out and make an investment would that start with just making an investment in a good pair of binoculars to kind of get that up close look at the bird? And then if so, what would you recommend they do? Yes. The binoculars is the main investment for birding and you can go out and buy an expensive pair of binoculars, or you can just find a pair of used binoculars just to start off. You can find them on Craigslist or um, Facebook marketplace or something like that. The pair that you're going to want to look for is usually an eight by 42 for general birding purposes. That's probably your best bet. So if somebody, they've got their binoculars now, and let's say they want to plan a trip, a road trip, because you talked a little bit about how you started to adjust some of your travels as you really got into this world. What would be, if you could say to one person, this is the one place I would recommend to go? to start or that you're going to see some of the widest variety of all the places you've been on your travels, where would you send someone? The great thing is that birds are absolutely everywhere. Anywhere you can step outside, you're going to see birds. Um, But a couple places that uh, you can see birds really close up. I really like the celery fields in Sarasota, Florida. Okay. Um, that is a really popular place. And the Audubon group there does a great job with having walks on a very regular basis. And there's a naturalist on duty most of the time at the celery fields. Um, that way you can see birds, water birds and songbirds and even alligators, (laughs) um, all at the same time. And you have people there that you can can ask questions and say, Hey, I don't know what this is. Can you, do you know what this is? Um, and then also just the birding community is very, very helpful and giving information, sharing information and helping other people learn more about birds. So you can always, if you see somebody with binoculars, 
ask them for help. Those are your people. So let's say you have purchased the binoculars and you are very much enjoying this newfound activity. What would be a great way? You talked about connecting with the birding community outside of the face-to-face if you're out and about and you see someone what are some other ways that you can connect with others who are also interested in this activity? Aside from the Audubon group, there are also some Facebook groups, um, some local parks, even like metro parks, um, state parks, things like that. Those places will have bird walks as well. So you can connect with people through that. I have honestly just made friends by wearing the binoculars <laughs> and walking around. I love that. Some people say, if you want to meet people, get a dog, but I'm telling you, get some binoculars. (laughs) (laughs) People walk up to me constantly while I have my binoculars on and they're either birders themselves or they're just people who are curious as to what I'm looking at. And it strikes up some really interesting conversations, but the people who are birders, I often end up spending a lot of time with them. And whether birding that day, or maybe we meet some other day to go birding. And I've made a lot of friends that way. So it's always more fun when there's more people. Absolutely. I think that's kind of like a travel feeling in general, that we have always found our experience as travelers to be so much more enriched when we can share it with others around us as well and, and interact with them. So you talk a little bit in your article about a website called eBird. And I was just kind of wondering if you could share a little bit more about why you recommend that particular website. I love eBird for a couple reasons. The first is that I can go onto the website and I can see what birds have been seen even today at a certain spot. So you can put in the county that you're in and I'll come all the way down to like a specific park near you or something. And then you can see all of the birds that have been seen there ever that have been reported to the eBirds website. And um, so it's particularly helpful when you're traveling. So since I'm in a new area all of the time, I go onto the eBirds um, website ahead of time. And then I'll look up the birds that have been seen in the last couple months. And any birds that I'm not familiar with, I can write down and learn. I can look them up learn what they're going to look like so that I'll recognize them when I see them. And it just gives me a chance to know what I can expect to see and hopefully see some new birds. So do you carry a book with you then? And if you do, is do you want to tell us what it is? Like, what's your favorite book for birding? My favorite field guide that I use is the Stokes Guide because it has photos. And I like that. But there are a lot of different options. Um, although... Lately, I have not been carrying an actual book around. I've been carrying my phone. I have a couple different apps on my phone that I can use to not only look up what bird that I think that I see, it can also tell me what bird that I'm seeing if I just type in a little bit of information. You can use the eBird app to keep track of all the birds that you see. And it's a very quick, very easy app. And then once you've submitted the birds that you've seen on any trip, You can go back and see all of the data of which birds you've seen throughout your life in certain states, um, in certain years. It's really good for data keeping. That's very cool. I'm kind of one who tends to try and use her phone as much as possible because obviously in a minimalist life in a bus, more stuff just means more stuff constantly. So I absolutely love the idea of using your phone. So. My final question before we let you go is I would love to know, and I'm sure this is not an easy one, but I would love to know what has been one of your most thrilling or most surprising encounters when you have been out birding. Has there been a bird on your list that you have wanted to check off and that finally happened? Uh, One of my latest birds that I saw that was a big deal was the shoebill stork. And I actually saw that in Uganda. We had to take a ferry. We had to put our car on a boat and then drive to the Mabamba swamp and then get into a boat with a driver. And they took us out into the swamp to see this shoebill stork. 
which is a massive creature that's about five feet tall and has a, a bill that looks like a, like a wooden shoe. And it's kind of a, it's kind of an odd creature, but it was a pretty thrilling sight to be able to see in person. That sounds absolutely amazing from start to finish. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> Michelle, Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of an insight into the world of birding. I will be the first one to say that up until I met you, and especially up until I had read this article, I also had never really given this too much thought. And now I'm like, I want to go get a pair of binoculars and I want to start looking all around in ways that I've never looked before. So thank you for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you on the road sometime soon. Thank you. Yes, it will be great to see you again. We'd like to thank Michelle again for being on the show and remind you, you can check out her article explaining everything she just talked about in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash podcast. All right. It's time to wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. Take the number of days of Christmas from the song. Divide it by the number of ghosts in a Christmas carol and multiply that by the number of Santa's reindeer, including Rudolph. What do you get? We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of RV Miles. I totally know this answer. I'm very excited. Yes. And as we ask every week, if you are enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate it so much if you would just share it around your social media circle or maybe at your next cookie exchange, because it's the time of year when we all eat a lot of cookies. So until next week, have a fantastic week, everybody. And we will see you out on the road and keep logging those RV miles. Bye. <laughs>